I V M. I have to be honest. I didn't know enough about advertising or advertising agencies before we ended up starting an agency ourselves. Actually, when we started the glitch, it wasn't supposed to be an agency. We knew content and we just went out and created stuff for brands. Along the way, we evolved into what came to be called an agency. So I find it strange when I'm asked about the advertising of days gone by or how the legacy of creative excellence driven by the rock stars of advertising is getting swept away in this new age of digital disruption. Strange because I never worked in an agency before. Neither did I ever study too much of it. All I knew were the ads I'd seen and the ones I remembered, the brands I was loyal to and the ones I'd taken to. It feels simpler that way. So in many ways, I have an outsider's POV on an industry I've spent the last decade navigating. And that's what this show is about. We can't talk about advertising without first talking about how life has changed for the established players, the ones who set the benchmarks for everyone to aspire to. And I can think of no one better to talk to on this than Kunal Jaswani, the CEO for Gilby India, and the man with the coolest laptop decal I've ever seen. I'm going to be talking to him about how advertising and content in general has changed both from a legacy agency perspective, but also to learn from his experience driving digital as a core part of Ogilvy's evolution over the last few years. This is Advertising is Dead. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch. And we'll be back shortly with our conversation with Kunal Jaswani, CEO Ogilvy India. Welcome back to the studio. We're in conversation with Kunal Jaswani. So Kunal, tell me, tell me the story behind the laptop BKL. I think that's what we start with. Okay, so um, it's an old story. It's about three years old. I was um, just looking for a decal, and um, I went through all all the superheroes. You know, you everybody starts with Batman, and then you get to you know other stuff. And I went through Iron Man and Hulk and tons of other stuff. And and I found this really cool sketch of uh, Deadpool, mm-hmm. uh, as always, midair firing guns. <laughs> getting shot at and uh, it, I, I thought it, it, it captured a great moment for me um, and I just ordered it and put it on myself um, and I've changed laptops since and I found the same decal again got it for a different size laptop but it's now staying with me it all works out in the end it all works out in the end and it's a you know I, I think it, it also um, you know when I walk into serious client meetings and presentations and stuff like that it kind of eases people up a bit yeah. Um, it kind of lightens the, the mood in the room. Yeah. yeah, we have a sticker on a lot of laptops in our office which says briefs. I don't know if that's a good thing, but that, that's literally like half the office has that sticker on their laptop, which is, I don't know, it's a good idea. Uh, talking of Deadpool, I always, I always felt that uh, Deadpool's kind of someone you look at and say, okay, this is a, someone in advertising because it's, it's kind of gray. Some people will like it, some people will not like the space and some people turn around saying, one second, there is some parts of it saying, oh, one second, this is totally negative and let's block this and the other side is like, okay, well, this is this is positive because you're actually telling stories which, which people uh, want to hear but actually brands are propagating their values through that, right? Um, is that how you see it? Um, okay, I'll tell you what part of Deadpool I see is advertising. He gets into battle, he gets beaten the shit out of, you know, in, in, in every encounter, he gets parts cut off, the days to regrow, uh, and he still has to deliver at the end, right? So that, that to me is the business. And you've been in the business for, for, for a while now. Yeah, about more than 20 years, more than I'd like, yeah. And, and you've also seen that entire transition, right? I think you, you were in traditional advertising, then you moved to the digital practice and then the digital, and you famously said there is not going to be a term called digital agency anymore. It's just going to be agency. And I, and I remember reading that and I was like, one second, this is a person I want to catch up with because that kind of, coming from you becoming CEO of Ogilvy India and saying that was like, okay, fine, there, there is stuff happening. 
Yeah, so, you know, yeah, I've been on the journey. Um, I, I started in advertising. I spent uh, over a decade in it. And uh, at some point, I decided that I want to do stuff that other people aren't doing in the business. Mm. Right? Uh, and that didn't happen to be digital first, right? Um, I, I started doing integrated planning. So I, you know, I gave up running a large team of 30 people and became one person. And I, I had one other person working with me and over two years it became two people. Uh, and what we did was we did planning for the smallest units in the company. Okay. You know, and, you know, Ogilvy at that time was, uh, you know, so dominant on, on television and advertising. The other disciplines were really small. Um, and, you know, I took on managing planning for everything else other than advertising. Okay. Right. Um, and that, uh, you know, at some point became the space from which I became really interested in digital because I was doing that as well. Uh, and then I started to focus on that. And then there was an, you know, an opening to run Ogilvy One. Yeah. And, you know, things just kind of fell in place at the right time. And I did that for a while. And then from there, you know, again, I think it was just being in the right place at the right time. The the industry was changing. We were getting more digital. There was more pressure on all clients, um, you know, to have leaders in place who got the digital space and were able to navigate it and tell them what to do. And, you know, at, at some point, Ogilvy decided they need another CEO and, you know, they put me in the role. And it's interesting when you talk about planning, right? And how planning being like the, the, a one-two member team in terms of what you were doing. And, and I think planning's a, a department that doesn't get talked about enough. I, I think uh, if I had to say, when someone says that, okay, new age agencies and, and legacy agencies, and I would say, what is the real difference? I think is the, is the I think the learning of planning over time. I think a lot of the newer agencies start off without really having a planning benchmark. We've learned that at the glitch. We actually build that. And I know we've had conversations on that as well. But I think it doesn't get talked about as much, does it? I think it's, but it's core to what? Well, it does. It does in, in you know, in, in our company. And uh, it, it gets talked about heavily. And it um, it's given, uh, you know, the importance it deserves, the right people. Yeah. Right? But, you know, let me just go back a bit. Uh, 12 years ago, we had no planning department. Nothing, mm. right? There's a guy in our office called Madhuka Sabnavis. He decided one day that he was going to champion it. And he started building it from nothing, right? And he took it to now a sizable number of planners, um, you know, across the country, running a strategy across many of our businesses. But, um, you know, you're, you're also right when you say it doesn't get uh, enough, you know, the other day I was doing numbers in my office because we we're planning an office move and stuff. So I had to figure out how many people do we have in each department. And, you know, I, it, it's shameful sometimes. We we have more finance people than we have planners. Right? And, I, you know, I was looking at that stat and we I said, both, this is, this is, just, agree on this that is wrong, you know, on so many counts. Uh, and I, I think we, we need to shift the way we're running our businesses uh, and put more money and more people behind planning. You know, at, at the same time, I, I also believe that anyone in account management, yeah, um, and that's true of, of of all our companies, right? Any good account manager is a planner as well. Yeah, they yeah. all are, right? Yeah. And they're fabulous, most of them. Right? But some, as you get larger and larger and larger, you know, there are, there is a, a degree of dedicated time that someone needs to put in in market and understanding consumers, in you know, taking that learning, building insights, putting strategy together, and just consistently reworking that with clients and staying on that. Right, uh, and that's from where planning started. And I think we just need to put more and more muscle behind that. So that it's interesting. When I hear what you're saying, right? Because one is the way you talk about the evolution of how this happened, Ogilvy. Uh, ours was a very, I, I would say it's it's 
I wouldn't call it the opposite, but I would say that we started off doing the stuff which generally even thinks is the coolest stuff to do, which is which is shoot the content. Um, and then we said, let's add the technology to it. And then uh, someone said, um, can you guys do the strategy part as well? So they became an agency. And then somewhere after that, after years of that, one day we sat down and said, why don't we have a planning team? It was one person, same year. Ramya kind of was in a, a, Ramya was the person who'd worked on all our new business pitches, would 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 take care of the planning part without actually realizing she was doing the planning part. And she built that team up and she'd had no planning experience. So when I look at it that way, I think planners, by, but how, I think how we look at planning ourselves and how Ogilvy would, would be different. And I think that's that's actually what the markets made all of us do. We're all looking at our clients and evolving what we do for them, right? I think it's no standardized system anymore. Yeah, that, that's true. Right, it it would be dramatically different, right? You know, sometimes I think um, envy is a great thing, right? You know, you you look at things around you and you wish you had some of that. And uh, you know, when I came to your offices in Glitch and I saw your production team and all of that, it was like, you know, you know, I wish we could be more of that, right? And <laughs> and and less of what we are. You know, but, but the truth is, that I guess that's true for everyone. You know, yeah. you see something that's fabulous and working well, and you want more of that, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, I think there is, a, there is a great joy in that envy as well because then you push in that direction and you want to build more. And you learn from right? that and yeah. you actually want to collaborate and you want to do stuff. And yeah, and you will go down that journey of, of saying, I need more strategists and more planners and you will push in that direction. And I will go down the journey of saying, you know, I need my production <laughs> team in the studios and I'll go in, in that direction. And, you know, say, uh, you know at some point, um, we'll find spaces where, you know, we're getting enough of what we, ha- what we need. How would you say your business really changed? I, I know digital has changed um, how every single agency does business. Right? Yeah. And, I, and I think that would, if I if I go to um, agencies like Ogilvy, that would have the, the biggest impact. Um, and also because you saw the end, and you not even, and saw as well as now overseeing uh, a major restructuring ac- across the board uh, in terms of how we function. Yeah, you know the, the bit you were talking about earlier, which is to say that the term digital agency for us would disappear over time. It has already. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, we we moved from being, you know, when, when David Ogilvy started the company, a company that was deeply, you know, about research and creativity and understanding consumers and one-to-one communication. He was yeah. a salesman, right? And he yeah. built that whole agency on one-to-one communication, right? To this, you know, this 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 huge global agency that specialized in in mass market communication, which was advertising at yeah. scale with fantastic, huge, large ideas that could traverse markets. You know, to an environment where, um, you know, the whole digital explosion happened, uh, driven by social for many clients, right? And it became um, something that that even if they wouldn't spend enough money behind had to be a critical part of all strategy, all planning on the brand, right? And that, you know, in a sense, came back to one-to-one communication, understanding individual segments and and being able to talk to them at an individual level, being able to respond to individuals, you know, pick up the best of, uh, you know, the the old world one-to-one communication and apply it with technology to social media platforms and and new age digital communication, right? Um, So the question you ask me is, you know, how important is that now, right? And you know, I'm going to answer it in, in two ways. One is from a money perspective, because I think money tends to drive a lot of yeah. how we adapt as businesses, right? Uh, and the second is from a uh, from a conversation perspective, right? You get into a room, there's a meeting, what are you talking about? Hmm? So if I look at, at, at the money, where the money is, right? Uh, there's a... And if I look at how the business has changed over the last 10 years, uh, I think it's changed very slowly. 
very very slowly right and i'm talking about industry as a whole right yeah which is if you look at the amount of money that still gets pumped into everything that is other than digital and what gets pumped into digital it's still um woefully short and india is a very different market also i think yeah. i think global standards are honestly don't some ways don't really may not apply up, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, you know, in in any environment, you will find clients spending fifteen percent on digital, eighty five percent on everything else, right? And when I say everything else, I mean the production of television commercials yeah, as well. Yeah, right? yeah. So there's a huge chunks of money going yeah. into that, right? Um, but if you look at conversation, which is the you know the flip side, you walk into a meeting and while budgets and money goes in one direction, I think clients um, are now spending sixty to seventy percent of the time in meetings talking about what are we doing outside of advertising. What are we doing on social? What's the content plan, right? What kind of video pieces are we doing? Where are we going to place them? How are we going to drive conversation, right? Yeah. And to me, that's the that's the joy because the minute that happens, um, the money will follow. True. Right? So the you know the reason we're investing heavily behind digital talent, behind you know capability building ahead of of the client spending money is because the conversation is there already. Yeah. And if I don't make the investments now. as the money shifts i won't have the people i won't have the capabilities to do it and and and, and i wouldn't call these punts cuz these are necessities now yeah. i think this is literally where the the world is moving and i think what's also interesting is i think if and i was reading a book recently on advertising how it's evolved called like, frenemies which was interesting to read um and it spoke about how all agencies were once singular and then they were broken up into individual units which then serviced individual needs and now we're kind of going back to that old model of saying um every agency has multiple services and that coming together is what really makes um the total solution for clients now um so it's it's interesting when that, that when i read that part because that actually made sense yeah and you know the the, the bit about the bit i envy about digital agencies the ones you know like you that started out um you know in just from the digital space is that the digital agency still held on to media right mm-hmm. um you know the 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 great loss in fragmentation mm-hmm. um was the the disconnect between the creative agencies and the media agencies and splitting that up right true um to me that was a a shame still is uh, i think we'd be much much better if we were joined to the hip and working together so we actually never did our own media i think we functioned like a creative agency throughout because we were like we didn't get it so we said let's not do and it and that's because you started from production right yeah. for most of the other digital agencies that started from a you know from a from a social media point of view yeah, or from yeah. a you know display point of view or from a campaigns point yeah, of view everyone talked about media and we were like no 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 we don't want to do that it's like it doesn't seem fun uh, weirdly enough kept being the point but i also um, when you talk about content right it's it's one to three tvcs a year to know what Three four hundred pieces of content in a thing, um, and there are multiple models. And I, I and I and I keep reading about how globally, let's say, one point is like a Pepsi took, um, you know, entire content thing in house. Um, it obviously had a couple of missteps over there with the Kendall Jenner one, etc. But uh, and a lot of clients in housing stuff as well. How does that? I mean, how do you see that happening? I mean, is, is that a trend you think that will last? Do you think clients taking creative in house? does that take away the mix of what they can actually do for their brands rather than saying is it right or wrong i would uh, from a business perspective uh, for agency i think more from a can a brand really achieve what it can by inhousing their uh, their creative is is a conversation out there and it's um it seems to be picking up swing in the west a lot more than in india but i think yeah. it's a conversation nonetheless i think the question is what do you want to achieve right yeah. you know to me 
advertising is is a is a creative business communication is a creative business right anything we create everything that drives my company and this is me being brutally honest right yeah. all of us are 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 important you know for me to my senior strategists to my you know account management people to my but at the end of the day it's the output right True. it's what you produce that goes out right um and that's driven primarily by fantastic creative people right somebody yeah. needs to sit down and write the damn piece of content right somebody needs to go out and and sit and shoot it right So you need a fantastic producer, great director, fantastic creative team behind any piece of work, right? Whether it's a it's a little static piece of work, it's a small video, it's a TV commercial, whatever it is, right? The best people I know in the business, the absolute best, right? Um, hate working on one brand. Yeah, and, and they just and, hate and, it, and you right? and you would as well, yeah. right? I mean, you just generally feel like you're stuck doing just doing one thing. Yeah. I think the, the beauty of agencies is you can work on so many things. I mean, so when when you decide to take this whole content creation creativity piece in in house right effectively what you're saying is i'll find individuals and individual or multiple individuals who are willing to just do this for the rest of their lives one brand and just content for this brand right and i'll find the best creative talent in the world willing to do this right uh, and i think when you do that you're fooling yourself right it's like saying you know i i want to run an art gallery but i'll paint everything myself <laughs> that's actually yeah. yeah it's you know it's it's great if you're if you're really fantastic and yeah, you're really you really love the i think i think when i look at examples of of brands which have done that i think that's largely driven by brands uh, who inherently have creative people at, at the top i think because then it it becomes a lot more about getting that part done but i don't think uh, but i agree with your point of view but it can not sustainable right you can have one individual there who's fantastic for a little bit of time that person leaves in 5 7 years then you're struggling again right yeah. because you're left with a few people who you know now find they don't have a leader who they you know love yeah um and don't want to work there anymore also when you scale how are you going to how, how is one yeah. person going to manage all yeah. of that speaking of scale i mean uh, obviously the kind of scale which which ogilvy operates at versus uh, any of us are, how how does How do you maintain creative? How do you maintain the fact that? Because very interesting today, I got a call from um, from an engineering student. My 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 perk lately is to figure out how many engineers they are advertising, and it just increases. So this this boy is in his final year of engineering. Calls me and says, "I want to be a content writer. Um, I I will write for publications. I will I I don't mind writing for advertising. I I I wouldn't mind working for uh, 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 writing a web series. I don't know how to do it. Um, I know his mum." uh which is why i got that call and i said okay fine so i'll tell you how we can do it a b and c his point was i don't know how i'm going to like do this and how i'm going to get trained do i have to go to a college do i just go to an agency what do i do and it was interesting to have that conversation because i think that's a conversation um, a lot of us have had to have like when i first started working in television i took took me a lot of time to explain what that meant uh, being a producer on television wasn't that i was putting money into the shows that i was actually doing work and that, i think that's outside perspective right uh, so if i was someone who didn't really know how to get into the space but also understand what the structuring of it would be and how could i become how could i maintain that creative how could i kind of build my portfolio what what would your point of view be so you know the, the what fascinates me about the whole industry is that it's it's one of the few industries where you need nothing to walk in true nothing right um you know you walk into any client's office you go for an interview you need something you need an mba you need you know something to walk in i never worked in an agency ever yeah. so in 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 our business you need nothing right people have written to us from all over the place right saying i have no experience but i'd like to work 
and we say okay write something in short to us right or direct something in short to us it's a, yeah. it's as simple as that you ask any any account management person any creative person um you, you know what, what do you look for in an individual what you're looking for is talent true uh, and a whole range of diverse talent we get people from from all over the country tons of engineers right yeah yeah um tons of I people who who engineers are the most frustrated lot i think we all end up getting into spaces which to, we we run away from the one thing we are taught in engineering which is the technical stuff like we'll do anything except that is literally what happens you to know, us I, i still remember one of our um, very senior creative guys um about 6 or 7 years ago coming to me and saying listen there's a guy from um you know i, I don't i don't remember whether it's lucknow or indore um who's written and he wants to be a writer and he's just sent me poems that he's written right? and they were really good they were really really good and right? and we hired him and it was a fantastic hire uh because he turned out to be you know prolific at at writing um and so you know qualifications really it's 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 um you know show us what you can do but ogilvy ogilvy has always been known for a certain creative standard right yeah. i think that's always been one of the the benchmarks which yeah. which i think when i first started understanding the industry because i suddenly became a part of it without realizing that i was one of the first agencies whose work i looked at was was ogilvy's right was the only name i'd heard of even before that um how is that standard i mean they must be i'm i'm not saying you should give away the secret sauce but i'm just generally saying that no, is there there, a, there is a there is a secret sauce and it's very simple right it's just lots and lots of very talented people at the top right i i do not think you can manage this scale of operation by saying i have one fantastic individual right you can't yeah right um and this is something pure should admits to openly in any conversation as well he is not ogilvy right he's at the head of ogilvy but ogilvy is built by many many very very senior very very talented people who've given their life to the business and to the company right uh, you can't do it without them right yeah. so and it's about finding those people uh, and again it's not one person in bombay one in delhi one it's not like that right you know i can i can count seven or eight people in bombay who i think would be the best talent in the country right uh, and i'd say you know four or five in bangalore four or five in delhi as well and really senior very very good talent it's a lot of hard work to keep them right uh, true but you have to right and now increasingly similarly fantastic account leaders fantastic senior planners right who are able to push you know guide and say this is where i want to take you Uh, manage client conversations do you know, believe a large part of your job is hr it, all my job is hr all of it right? 80% is hr all of it right i i have two jobs one is hr the other is finance so uh, you know and hr and janitor is what i call my <laughs> other, right? yeah yeah but uh, it, it's just it, the the only answer is talent and it's not singular talent you have to have a pool of very very strong leaders and you know that that whole thing of of then driving it down the line yeah those are the men and women who are then ensuring that quality is maintained across the organization so build ownership in them right i think yeah. building ownership saying this is your company as much as it is everybody else's and yeah. that this this is culture which you build and it's it's what you do and and i think that's what makes happy people and happy people do a lot of good work and yeah. i think there's one other thing you know the and and that is um we we tend to to get into conflict a lot yeah right and you know there's constantly this this sense of are we fighting too much um with clients on points of view um and you know i i really believe that people come to us and stay with us because they believe here's a place where i can do great work yeah 
right and that that comes only from a culture of saying fight for great work yeah right so and and that culture has been ingrained in the system for a long time and it's kind of pushed we tend to we tend to push clients to their limits quite often <laughs> yeah. you know uh, sometimes it doesn't go well no but I, i believe clients are like our friends right and and, and you talk to them like you're your friend you you have a point of view you say they're right or they're wrong it's important for you to say that yeah um if you don't then you just like then you're not going to be a friend for too long right but you know it's it's always a tussle true it's always a tussle between saying you know how much do we fight and, and at what point do we say you know you're the client it's your money it's your brand go ahead right um but i, I think the part of the secret sauce part of the reason why we're able to do it at scale yeah is because culturally within the system there is this whole ingrained thing of you're allowed to fight for great work right it's okay you can walk into a meeting and fight and say i think this is the right thing to do and i don't agree with you right uh, i think i think that liberty is important yeah that's the only way i mean i remember the fact that uh, we've walked away from stuff which we said doesn't work creatively because we don't want to show the fact that we've done that work um, have we done some of those things of course we have at some points of time you have to do those things which you are not deadly proud of but but i think in general i think I was uh, talking to someone the other day and said I just want to do good work um and make enough money that I can go to sleep at night. Uh, I think the the this is a CFO talking. This is this is not a uh, not a creative person talking, but I think that kind of goes for everybody else as well. On that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be back right after. Welcome back to the studio. We're in conversation with Kunal Jaswani. in terms of the entire restructuring right um, how how has it been in terms of just the way you look at it, has it become uh, the fact that creative is more measurable now because you have you have more data insights uh, in how how has that process changed um, no i think we're still some distance away from that right to getting to to um, you know to to more measurable impact of creative i think the you know the whole restructuring uh, has been a bit of a uh, a cathartic exercise right uh it's been uh, it's been hard um you know to be absolutely honest it's been very hard right but i think it comes from the right place true uh it comes from a place of saying listen we made ourselves unnecessarily complex you know um you know in, that happens in general yeah, like it, it evolves by itself and yeah. it becomes this so as as we were growing as an organization you know we did more and more services but we made each of those services independent companies right and independent um, sub brands if you will right um and we we put clients in a position where they had to deal with each of those independent services and independent sub brands and people yeah um in the in and synergy kind of at some point yeah. it becomes an issue and, and and that happened organically because you know even from a client perspective there was like you know I don't want all your services I want one or two yeah. so then the other services were free to go and meet different clients and you had to deal with different people that happened over time for whatever reason right but we reached a point where it was um too large too unwieldy uh, and too difficult for clients to navigate also clients had reached a point where they wanted um you know the agencies to come together and say you know i want a single interface i want you to tell me you know what's your holistic view what do i do across everything can you deliver it across everything without me having to meet 20 people and sign 20 so different documents so much estimates, happening they you know? they want simpler solutions yeah, yeah. right um so that that's where it came from uh and the uh, you know john seifert who's a global ceo took the uh, the hard call to say listen i'm going to do away with everything and go back to being ogilvy everything is ogilvy Yeah, right? 
and it's one PNL, uh, you know, in in every city, in every country, um, and it'll have single leaders, and uh, we'll offer really fantastic, very specialized capabilities and services, you know, under the Ogilvy brand, mm-hmm. but it'll all be run by the same people, right? um, and uh, that's a tough call. Right? Because yeah. uh, there are there are you know many many different arguments against it as well, right? Saying what happens to specializations? Will the specialists leave? You know, will people who want to run PLs, um, you know, now disappear because you've you know taken that away from them? And um, and the truth is, a lot of people left and still are, right, across the world, uh, and a lot of good people, um, because they had different ambitions and different ideas about what they wanted to do. And so I think the 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 tragedy of it is losing good people. Yeah. But um, I think the the good side of it is that we've we've now come out of it with, in every market, in every city, in every country, um, strong individuals who lead Ogilvy, mm-hmm. right? Um, for every brand and every client, strong individuals who lead Ogilvy. Um, each of those individuals has access to a range of specialists and specialist capabilities that they can pull together for a client as required. With a single window um, interface for the client, right? Um, and I think that you know is a once it's done, it's a kind of sigh of relief for the for the clients and for us. Right? Yeah. But the process of getting to that was uh, was hard. And how do you see this evolving? As I, I think the agency model is is a discussion which I think never ends. And I think I think because all the articles I subscribe to on on advertising, apocalypse has come. Ad blockers are going to stop all ads, but also the fact that holding companies need to redo their structures, agencies need to redo their structures. That's a constant conversation with no like actual. Because I don't think there's one solution to it, but um, I think we all have different points of view on where that will end up being. Yes, right. Look, um, you know, we we all look at what's changing in the environment, and we all know that unless we evolve to models that clients are willing to pay for consistently, true, um, we'll die. Right. Um, either there will be other forms of agencies that will take over, or the platforms will take over most of the money. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is moving already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there could be a point where clients deal directly with platforms and say, "I don't need the agency guys." But I, I look at a lot of the conversation with uh, a degree of comfort, saying, "Okay, look, are we growing? Yes, we are. Are we profitable? Yes, we are. Are we paying dividends to our shareholders? Yes, we are. Right." Um, and you know, you look at that, and then you say, "Okay, that that's good business." Right? Yeah. Um, are we evolving? Yes, we are. Are we evolving fast enough? No, we're not. Do we know which direction to go in? Maybe, right? Or at least we're taking different points. Nobody does. Right, yeah. right? Um, so, so where is it headed? Right. Um, I think the the and I'm talking from an Ogilvy point of view. Of now, course, right. Um, I think the the responsibility, the onus for us now, is to ensure that we have enough specialists in place, and I mean that from a creative perspective, from a strategy perspective, from an account leadership perspective, all yeah. of those, right? Um, enough specialists in place, enough specialists motivated enough to want to stay in this organization, and again for the same reasons, to feel I I if I come here I will produce a lot of great work and be happy, right? In whatever area of specialization you choose, right? Um, so if you're if you're interested in digital design or UI UX, you know I I need you to feel that this is the space where you'll get the opportunity to do ten different projects in the year, uh, and projects where you will go to a client and have the freedom to fight for great work, right? 
um, if you if you enjoy content and video, I want you to feel this is the place for you. Right? Yeah. Then again, you'll do ten great pieces of work, and you'll have the freedom to walk into a client and say, "This is what I believe works," and I'm going to fight with you till we reach a point where we're you know agreed that this is right for both of us. Right? Um, so in each of the areas of of digital growth for us. It's about again finding the right people, the right talent, holding on to them for dear life, and making sure they stay, and then churn out great work. Right? Um, you know, I, I keep looking at our showreel, uh, you know, year after year, and it it's painstaking to put stuff other than than TV commercials into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's really painstaking. Because I think the process of making a showreel is painstaking anyway. Because yeah, yeah, and and you know, the, the, again, the problem for Ogilvy is that. There's so much good work, fantastic work happening on TV yeah. that everything else has to fight really hard to shine in comparison to that. You know, uh, it's a it's a problem of of plenty, which is good because you know a lot of our salaries get paid based on the work we're doing for television, yeah. right? That funds everything else. Yeah. Right? But I'm finding it right. You know, over the last four or five years, we've managed. You know, when we do a 25, 30 piece showreel out of the 500 pieces we do in the or more in the year. Um, I'm finding four or five really strong digital pieces in there, right? Which is heartening. Uh, and, you know, in the new structure, which is all Ogilvy, I'm I'm seeing people pull together a lot more, right? Because they don't have another brand to pull towards. So there's nobody yeah. going towards an Ogilvy One brand or something else. They're all kind of pulling together towards Ogilvy, saying, let's do this together. Let's Let's create something fantastic, which is also television, but also has digital components. You know, sometimes it's digital first and... Um, trying to do different stuff and saying at the end of the year I want to look at my own piece and say I did something fantastic which was not TV on the flip side for us it's actually been the opposite right I think I think what we've actually done I think in the last one year we've, we've talked about I think every year we, we sit down and we say let's restructure uh, there's, a, there's a saying inside Glitch that uh, whenever Varun doesn't have any work he will walk around and try to figure ways to restructure the business or, or to add new services or just change something like it could be as simple as changing the the windows, getting us a tissues in the loo, for instance. Uh, and that's because I, the more I read about what's happening to agencies internationally, and and the kind of stuff which they are doing from from almost beginning, uh, investing into ventures or or getting into the consulting practice or. or um, RJ famously started a, a consulting to create connected offices practice, which I thought was interesting, considering them in a documentary of the making of their own office, um, and then made that into a service, right? Um, and these are things which I'm constantly pitching internally, saying, why don't we do this? We, 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 because we, we famously, as at Glitch, we call us as a real estate company because we redo our office every year because we have to find more space. Um, so when I look at that, I, I also look at our people and say, what do you want to do? And and a lot of them actually want to do the digital stuff, but they also want to do the the, the television commercial, right? Uh, so for us, it's been, okay, how do we keep what we do as digital um, and creative, but also add the stuff to a client saying, oh, I'm making this for you, but it can also go on TV if you want it, um, which has been an interesting Opposing our evolution on our, on our front, um, I think that's really the answer. Right? I think I think when they say, "Oh, is it new age or is it uh, legacy agencies?" I think the answers lie in, in mixing learnings from both, and that's what the new model is going to be. Absolutely, you know, and and again, it comes down to saying, "What do you see around you that you covet?" In a sense, right? And you know, I, I'm sure there are people, you know, and glitch as well that say, "Listen, I want to do, you know, the you know the the, the big TV stuff as well, yeah. right? and I want to yeah. see something and." Uh, you know the tragedy of to me TV versus digital is um, 
when you when you put something on television with with enough money behind it right um it it and it's good yeah um it tends to get into conversation right true um which is people talk about you know hey, i saw that commercial or you'll start humming the jingle somewhere on a train right and yeah. you know you yeah. hear it and you you kind of feel a, a sense of familiarity right my my big struggle with trying to do really great stuff on digital is is doing stuff that scales is so great that people will talk about it yeah. right in conversation true uh, it'll come up somewhere right um and you, you've done some fabulous pieces you know that like that uh, uh some of the pieces for netflix which have which have come out into conversation right yeah, you know yeah. we've seen that like the radhika apte right? piece yeah. etc yeah, yeah. and you know and i i actually think we need to do more of those more of stuff that people start talking about and I, and i think that's probably what what your people are feeling yeah, yeah, right? which is yeah. i, I want to do stuff that people talk about right yeah and, and and this year has actually been that for us i think this year we sat down and said how can we do stuff that is popular culture yeah. right uh, and more than just advertising i think the the the, the netflix pieces one i think um we went we went full on bollywood with the other way we did a, a launch video with tiger shroff with arman singing it and it was like full on bollywood and suddenly that went on t series youtube channel and we said 40 million views or something or something more insane than that we like that we've never even heard of that number before um i think it's interesting because i think we i think more than anything else we we started off at some point saying our jobs are hr i think it's also the fact that the opportunities of what you can do in advertising now are much more than they ever were um and i think that doesn't get enough credit uh, the fact that people can come in and do like like you said not just one brand but multiple brands um can turn around and say i want to make a music video today i can make a television commercial tomorrow i could make a a a, a digital series day after um or i could just make a very strong creative that a singular image could have as much impact as all these um i think that's really what the future is yeah absolutely and you know, you you will find over time that 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 ability to give people the opportunity to do multiple different things and multiple different brands um is a is a great hook to hold on to them over time yeah. as well i think it's it's fabulous and you know i'm already feeling that from an ogilvy point of view the more i can let people again because we've broken down the walls and made yeah. one place the more you can let people who earlier only could do tv and print and stuff saying now go ahead and do whatever you want in the digital space as well right Uh, the more you allow them to play in different arenas, um, you know, the more it gives them a sense of this is the place I want to be. It gives me more opportunity. Yeah. And now we're going to segue into this lovely little segment we like to call Humans of Advertising. Um, so Kunal, what's your favorite book? Okay, so I, you know, I'm just moving house um, from from Johor to Warsaw. So I end up packing up everything and giving away tons of books in the office. So over the last week, there's there have been signs that said free books and tons of stuff across. But uh, you know, one of the fallouts of that is that I've discovered which books I wanted to keep, right? Oh. And you realize when you're cleaning up, there's a there's a set that you know you you say that one I'm not giving away, and this one I'm not giving away, right? Um, and and one of those um, is a book called Inspiration Sandwich uh, by an author called Sark S A R K. Um, it's a gorgeous book. Um, she she takes felt pens and she hand draws every single page in the book. Right. Um, every single letter in the book is handwritten in, you know, colored pens, um, and then it's printed. Uh, and you can just open any page uh, and read off it, uh, and it's just bits and pieces of 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 thoughts about life, uh, you know, and and love and passion and um, you know inspiration and um, it's it's one of my favorite books of 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 all time. Um, you know, there was a time when. 
in one of my offices, I, you know, I'd taken crayon and reproduced a page from her book myself. I'd, you know, I'd drawn it out on the wall. Uh, and I still remember it. It said, um, you do enough, you have enough, you are enough, relax. Right? And that's that's the page, right? So it's it's tons of pages like that. So that's what I'm reading again now. Sounds like the perfect book just flipped to when whenever you have like five yeah, seconds go to a page. And and if I can ask, what is the last song that you would listen to on loop? So I you know, I have a I have a short playlist of about two hundred and fifty songs. That's that's my entire repertoire that I keep going back to. Um but you know, if if I look at an all time favorite, one one song that I could keep listening to. Um, it's um, Everybody Knows by Leonard Cohen. And I also know that you, you enjoy cooking on the weekends. Yeah. And diving as well, and we've discussed that sometime back off the record, but now on the record. So a favorite dive spot? Um, so uh, so favorite dive spot by far is Sipatan um, in, in Malaysia. If, if anyone can get there, please go. Uh, you know, you you'll get into the water, and any which way you look, you'll find schools of fish, and it'll you know you'll just find yourself completely immersed in that in that life. Right? And just a little bit on diving, you know, while we're on that subject, I, I started diving about uh, ten years ago, when my younger son was born. Uh, he turns ten on the twenty second of December, uh, and that's the, the legal age at which he can learn how to dive, and he's been waiting for that. And we're heading off to the Andamans to Havelock. I'll stay with him for five days and he'll get his dive certification. So that's the, the high point of my year now. It's a great birthday. Yeah. And what's your dish? What's your, that one dish? Um, that? Really easy. Thai curry. Um, you know, I, I love making it from scratch uh, without any paste and without anything else. So I'll, I'll grind on my own masalas and stuff and, and get it done. But that's uh, comfort food for me. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, um, how do they touch base with you? So easy, you know, you'll find me on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Um, Kunal Buzz is my handle on Twitter. I don't know why. It was one of those things you do when you're young. I was actually going to ask you that question. Yeah, but then you shouldn't ask me about mine. Either. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think Twitter handles are the worst because you, you know. You, I'm daily you, dement. You at least have your name in it. <laughs> you, know, you, you set them up at an age when. Uh, it's like email IDs when you first got them, yeah, right? You, I don't think anyone at that age should be allowed to create an ID for themselves. You should have the ability to change it later so anyway that's that's me on Twitter but on, on LinkedIn Facebook just look for Kunal Jaswani you will find me and what is your weirdest email address since that came up when you they know, first came out uh, I, I don't think I've had weird ones luckily I was, I was able to find stuff with my name fairly easily I was v underscore doggy dog at <laughs> yahoo.com I was like that is my email ID of choice uh, I think old school and new school and all schools and publishers and brands and everything else is evolving and I think it's exciting times. I think it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's a lot more chaotic, which is fun. Um, I think chaos is good. So I think that's... We, we end with a, a Deadpool point that chaos is good. And Fabulous. Yeah, I think... Thank you so much, Kunal, for... Thank for, you. For coming on Advertising is Dead and it's been super fun. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kunal. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on IBM Network. You can listen to us on IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm Daily Dement on Twitter and Instagram and Varun Dugirala everywhere else.